0: For someone who's been raised as a rigid, um, that enoughness can can miss that moment because yeah. you've been you've been encouraged by your parents to never be enough. Like mm. you're not enough. You're not enough. So you you you're when 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 am I? It's like running running on a treadmill. When am I going to be enough? When am I going to be enough? And that enoughness can come in that awareness moment where you're at a laptop screen, when you're reading a book, when you're reading the your. Uh, listening chain listening to podcasts about something and you 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 forget uh. what your breath is <laughs> right yeah yeah and you oh, oh take a breath take a step away from the laptop or whatever it is and you just check in with yourself am i hungry do i need to go to the bathroom because a rigid can like cut off all of their physical needs and just like go deep into whatever it is that they need to do
1: awesome this is cool this is my uh first unofficial live i guess you could say And we have the man, John Kai Herbert here to have a chat about, um, well, we'll see where we go with it. All right. We'll see how it flows, but, um, yeah, we had had a a call before actually, maybe introduce yourself first if you would like to John.
0: Yeah, sure. So my name is John Kai Herbert, as your, your host, Luke introduced me as, and for me, I'm an exhilarating relationships consultant. So if you need help in working through your relationships, usually with yourself first, And then I can prepare you for having a a longer term relationship. If that's something that you desire, but ultimately I help you trust yourself, relating to yourself and relating to others, short and sweet of it. Cool. Cool. Awesome, man. So we're speaking about,
1: um, we do a call each week every Monday and, um, we're speaking on the phone earlier about, um, this is a point in your life, right? Where things go like really good. And obviously, like life's up and down, right? But there's I mean, the point in my life now, my health is good, uh, money's good, everything's going really well. And then usually there's always something that's like, oh, this happened, or this happened, or this happened. And today was just like, um, I wanna set some goals, you know? I wanna uh, have the metaphorical branches that reach up, reach up further, and the, the roots feel like they're solid. So let's, let's go with that. And um, what came up for me for, for the, the conversation was um, around rigidity and type A personalities will get this, any type A personality types listening, um, being that there's this, um, uh, I wouldn't say actually type A, I'd say more to do with like perfectionism and type A, like you want to get everything done, but you want to be perfect about it. So one of the things that came up this morning in our conversation was around uh, rigidity and how um, when I'm like, like say for example, setting goals, I, I can't just set the goal by itself and say here's four arbitrary goals that I want to set. It's a process of like, I need to create spreadsheets for this and I do a habit tracker. If it's not done all the way, it's not done properly. And to speak into before, like what came up for me was that when that occurred, it was very hard for me to find that middle lane, where I enjoyed the process, where I enjoyed doing the task because I was so caught up in all the the small bits because of what a word that I learned from you, which was rigidity um so yeah i just want to speak about that a bit and just get your thoughts on i mean characterology as well but also rigidity and feel free to use me as an example but um i feel like those out there who you know who set goals and have that feeling of rigidity in the background and like kind of like oh if i, if I don't do it properly it's not done at all you know and it kind of holds them back from living the life they want um i'd love for you to speak about that a bit man if you'd like to
0: yeah thanks luke and yeah i really feel like those that are rigid love the value that they get from their rigidity and that perfectionism, but like it can, like it holds you in good stead with other perfectionists because you get rewarded for it. It's like, nah, Luke, fuck, man, your level of detail, you know, beautiful. You know, and you, you feel like that, <laughs> that charge of, yeah, I'm perfect. Yeah. I'm really good. You know, you can really feel like who I am. I need to maintain this perfection. And what happens in that is when an individual gets stuck in the loop, they can only ever be perfect. And that'll show up in your body in, and when I say rigidity, when we talk to rigidity, um, it most shows up in, in in coitus when you're being physically intimate with someone, you, you, you don't know how to move your whole body freely and it can show up in dance. So dancing, I don't know what, this is where we're going, apparently. Um, so with dancing, uh, you can see someone who's rigid, a rigid dancer. And, um, and in that, this is, this is beyond, learning how to dance like salsa or something where you learn how to move your hips in particular movements, because you can perfect that. But then when you need to be authentic and original and need to move with you in your own agility and your whatever is, is occupied for you in your impulse, um, you can find that you're stuck. And this rigidity is something that appears in your body when you go to speak authentically, when you go to have an authentic touch with someone, particularly in, in, in relationships where, You'll feel like an urge to go and kiss someone, and then you're like, "Oh, it, it is now the right moment," and you kind of like stutter in this this thing, and then that can play out in business where you want to get a bunch of um, consultants—not consultants, but consult other people in the business in order to make a decision. So, no, my in, in my corporate career, I was rewarded for just doing the things. Like, I wouldn't—I'd do it and then ask for forgiveness later if I make a, made a mistake. So Mm. there was something in that the power of being able to make a decision on my own and not being paralyzed by needing to get it perfect, which made me excel as a leader and which I think I also take into my entrepreneurship here. And wasn't when I'm working with clients. So when I'm working with a client, I allow this space of possibility of where the client can go. Because if I just stuck to my toolkit and my technology, I'll be trying to force you to be something that you're actually not. Um, and I think that's a paradigm that exists in the DSM and other, other te- technologies that you want to it deploy in order to fit you into a box, which doesn't honor you as an individual.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And the solution we come up with, you know, or at least that, that I feel like that, that is the answer to that it's like, that it's a processor, right? Like it takes time to get to that point. But for me, it was like, um, like when do I feel most fulfilled, right? When do I feel most alive? It's like, it's in the middle. You know, like, and I see this with other people who, like Tony Robbins, for example. When I visit his website or when I go to his programs in the past, I'm like, I, f- I found little flaws with it. I'm like, there's a flaw here, a flaw there. I'm like, this guy's been doing this for thirty, forty years. Like, how could he get these things wrong? Or like, anywhere, there's always there's always something that can be improved on, right? When I'm watching the UFC, it's like, oh, that they couldn't cut this properly. The graphics are off here, and it's noticing all the little details. And then you realize, right? It's like, well if these huge companies and these huge practices aren't worrying about the small details, then why should you in your own life, you know? So the solution that I, that we, we came to was that that middle feeling. And again, it takes time to come to that middle feeling of like um, I've done enough, you know, like I've done enough for this to, to push forward. I've done enough for this to, to feel okay. I've done enough to like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It's just enough you know yeah. you feel okay with the work you've done and i feel like that that is the next phase for me you know and anyone listening who is that rigid archetype of like perfectionism and i've met a lot of them because <laughs> they tend to attract each other especially in relationships which we can tap into as well my ex actually was like that she was more of a perfectionist than me like she was like in it like you know she like duh, 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 this what this and we could plan this take this i'm like it'll just it'll be fine i was the one that wasn't rigid, which is saying something right and um, there's always a positive side to this as well. Anyone listening is like, oh, no, I'm, I'm doomed. There's a positive side, right? Totally. But um, yeah, the, the, the solution I came across is that middle ground. It's like, when have I done enough? And just stopping right there. So like, I've done enough now. All mm-hmm. good. And That's then we a- can adjust as we go.
0: So Totally. Yeah, I love that, Luke. And that, that, what, that enoughness appears mm-hmm. in the body. So for someone who's been raised as a rigid, um, that enoughness can, you can miss that moment. Because you've been, you've been encouraged by your parents to never be enough. Like Mm. you're not enough. You're not enough. So you, you, you're when, when, when am I, it's like running, running on a treadmill. When am I going to be enough? When am I going to be enough? And that enoughness can come in that awareness moment where you're at a laptop screen, when you're reading a book, when you're reading the, you're like listening chain, listening to podcasts about something and you, you, you forget Uh. what your breath is. (laughs) Right. And you, oh, oh, take a breath, take a step away from the laptop or whatever it is. And you just check in with yourself. Am I hungry? Do I need to go to the bathroom? Cause a rigid can like cut off all of their physical needs and just like go deep into whatever it is that they need to do. And that's one piece. The other piece is when you were saying like, you go on to Tony Robbins website and you see people that they see the mistakes, what also can show up in, in um, the characterology dynamic and the relationship dynamic, and particularly in business, is you employ you have employees that don't have the same level of detail that you do. I right? <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. What can, and what can happen here? Alex Hormozzi spoke to this brilliantly. I watched a point of his podcast, recent one of his episodes recently on, on YouTube. Which one? It's one about um, how to, sales. It's something about sales and inspiring the willpower. It was willpower in sales, and then he got ah, he said he got the best sure. the best conversions happened on the Saturdays at his gyms when they had people wrapping up their program and Mm -hmm. the sales staff was there, everyone was there and the people would buy, buy on that day. The the, the people that were operating the sales, the calls were so inspired by watching other people have the breakthrough that they had the feedback loop of like, oh, wow, look at all what everyone's getting. So they believed that the product that they were selling was amazing. Like, so there's, there's a, I the, mean, Alex Mosey speaks to us like with I mean, someone who's a religious fanatic and the conversions of people who are religious, like, all yeah. you need to do is sell someone that the religion works and a, a preacher hasn't done any sales, you know, sales training, but you get him up on a yeah. pulpit and he's like, all inspirational, especially the evangelical Christians all inspirational dad oh like yeah. and, and like godness and jesus dad that and that's inspirational so people are like all of a sudden oh, i've got to be i've got to be one of these like save me save me so in that being able to inspire your staff that the products that you're creating are inspirational and then that level of de- that level of in, that level of willpower and um, transference of the importance is given to your staff members. And with a staff member, if finding that, that ability to be committed and devoted to what they're doing is the other piece. Like, Why are you doing what you're doing? And this can show up in relationships too. Like a rigid mm. classic for half-hearted relationships. They're, they're what, they're sorry? Half-hearted relationships. Half-hearted. They're one foot in, one foot out. Oh, rigid Rigids are so that's true because (laughs) because they're like oh this person is this the right person and we're making the right decision is there somebody Uh... else (laughs) is there somebody else better around the corner yeah so so, it's the tinder dilemma it is it is and and it can be really painful for a rigid because they don't know how to because they they get started a relationship and they can already have one foot out they're already planning an escape plan because their partner's not perfect to them so it's like, oh, you know, they don't brush their teeth correctly or whatever it is. Like there's some new nuance <laughs> thing that they'll, they'll hold yeah, yeah. against the partner, which will eventually leads to the to trajectory of relationship doom. And then yeah, well. in other relationships as well, like in business and anything, it's like you, you, they're already doomed because the perfectionist component is like, you're not perfect. Therefore, I don't want you in my life, which doubles back to childhood, usually in teenage years, where your mm. parents are like, you're not perfect to me and i can't i'm going to hold my love back from you because you're not perfect because you're not who i want you to be i'm going to hold back my love from you
1: wow and it's like the rigid parent makes the rigid child and then the rigid child makes it's just this whole thing right Luke, and it's a it's a catch 22 right because um well wow, it's so it's so interesting because you know we have these ways of being and you know i've i've always oh, well, at least i've thought this i've always been this way of like very like you know, antsy, so to speak with certain things and, you know, and it can lead to OCD. Um, if it's, if it's untamed, you know, as in like, if you then have, if you're low on sleep or if you're perhaps, um, I mean the colloquial term, not the literal DSM definition. Um, but like the, you know, uh, like you become, for example, I used to drink, right. I used to go out and party a lot back in my day. And, um, I would, uh, (laughs) And the next day, like, I would be extremely, like, OCD, like, very, like, just, like, I'd be lackadaisical in the sense of, like, oh, I don't want to do anything. But at the same time, very, like, neurotic and, like, this needs to be a certain way, this seems to be a certain way. So it's, like, almost like all mental illnesses are just a exacerbation of the source problem or the source misbalance rather than problem, right? And I, and I wanted to let you to speak into this, but I feel like the solution um, or the holy grail or the, rather the... um. The end point is like, hey, you are who you are, but let's see if you're able to you know, shift that in the sense of being able to be rigid when you want to be rigid and not be rigid when you don't want to be rigid. It's like, hey, I see those imperfections, but it's like when you see someone who's saying something wrong and you're just like, oh, I want to correct them, but it's like, no. Or like when your ego gets in the way, right? Because I've had this a lot recently and I've just been like practicing letting go where a person that I'm that's showing off or talking themselves up, they're like, oh, this, 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 And I'm just like, and they're saying something that contradicts what they said the week before, but I'm just like, let it go, let it go. Sometimes it's good to be just a silent person at dinner watching people, like your partner, Cassie. She's just always just like, she will say a thing and then boom, out. She just watches the whole time. And unless you antagonize her, <laughs> they get the
0: to come back. We both know what happens there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, like... um. And I love your thoughts on all those things I said, and it's a bit of a, 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 a word salad from a rigid. Uh, yeah, no. word
0: salad, bro. Um, put, that, put that salad in order. I want to see my I'm cucumbers gonna... over here, and my carrots over here.
1: <laughs> I need to yeah. right now. Yeah, it's just like I was going to say one last thing. It's like um, there needs to, there's this meta-awareness that needs to happen. And I feel like that's a solution for most um, characterology types, right?
0: Yeah, it is. And the meta-awareness comes from reducing the rigidity in the body. So there's only enough mental bandwidth in just order that one more to time. Try, um, the meta The awareness comes from the awareness comes from dealing with the rigidity in the body.
1: Yeah, sorry, man. I just want to write that down. That's no, a nice it's one. all
0: right. Yeah, cool. Um, because without dealing with the rigidity in the body, there's no, there's not enough mental bandwidth for you to mentally control your rigid. Right. So you can try and you can know all these things. You can read all the books. You can be like, oh no, they make all the to do lists. Oh. If I feel if I feel rigid, just stop. It's not how it works. Like your body is the, the impulse to be rigid is built into the cellular. That's how you've performed, that's how you've survived. So it's a defense as well as a winning formula, if that makes sense. So it's a defense that so it, it protects you from being like humiliated or be made made wrong. And it also rewards you at the same time because you know at some point you'll hit that achievement goal. But the other thing for rigids. Um, this is where I'm going to is not being able to celebrate when they hit that achievement milestone.
1: Mm-hmm. you've said him before.
0: Yeah. So like being able to like, oh, I hit that goal, you know, like oh, I've released that podcast for the first time, you know, like I, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I broke up with that partner in that relationship or I started a new relationship or I'm getting back on the bandwagon of something, you know, it's being able to celebrate that moment is important to interrupt that perpetual Perfection machine That's that's built into them
1: Wow Yeah yeah Because is the thing right Like you just um, It's almost like a belief That things Ought to be the way They ought to be And if it's anything less Then you're the problem Right Because um, I noticed that Myself as well It's like uh, Like this needs to be A certain way This is a certain standard Here's the criteria It needs to happen If it's not this way Then it's shit But if it's this way It's just how it's supposed to be It's not like wow Look at what you've done here man Like look at the The, the, the work you've done and I, I think that, do you know what type A personality is? I don't know. So, type A, let's actually look it up right now because I want to be. Um, let's ask Chet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to search it up now what it, what it means for those because I don't want to give someone a definition of. Um, I want to give someone a proper definition, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's... So, I'm just going to share my screen. Right. Yeah, cool. So, a personality type characterized by ambition, impatience, and, and competitiveness. And thought to be susceptible to stress and heart disease <laughs> that's very specific heart disease
0: <laughs> well interesting for rigid in characterology rigid is a disconnected heart and pelvis and rigid suffers right. from heartbreak so it's really challenging it for, can, can you me. see that yeah beautiful screen share bro i love it yeah yeah mm. so mm. in characterology it's really challenging for a rigid. To, a rigid richard a rigid to love one person yeah, so right. They split they can love have emotional connection to one person and have a sexual connection to another. And that's heartbreak. Really, it's it's it ultimately it's it's heartbreak. Um where they just don't know how to feel, they don't know how to be authentic because they were never loved to be authentic as a child. They had to become something in order to be loved. Mm. And that's self betrayal. Self betrayal yeah, well, all, all heart.
1: So it becomes a bit difficult, you know, because we start thinking about these things and um you know, and ask any spiritual person and they know the answer to this, but it's um, what is the ideal person?
0: <laughs> yeah, what is the ideal the- person? Yeah, I can yeah, answer there that. Is- yeah, please, please. Yeah, so the ideal person is someone who has enough self-trust in themselves to know that they don't know what they don't know. There's stuff out there mm. that they don't know. that they, they, they know that they don't know and there's stuff out there that they don't know that they don't know. And they're also efficient in acting on what they do know. So that's, that's the ideal person is that you just go through life trusting this instinctual nature, even if it gets you into trouble, even if you make a mistake, mm. right? It's like, cool. Oh, do, do I still want to be that person? No, I don't. Cool. What do I need to do to iterate that behavior? So I'm not that anymore. Mm. But if you do it and you do get in trouble and you like getting in trouble, then do that. But you need to honor yourself in that whole process.
1: That's scary, man.
0: It is scary. Mm. Why is it scary for? It's scary because it means that you're free. It's free. Mm. People, people assume that they want freedom until they get it. And then it's terrifying. It's the ultimate form of free will. You are who you are. You are embodying and you're doing everything that you're doing. And it's, it, it verges on anarchy and anarchy is terrifying for people who want control, right? Yeah. Have a good drink. That was a, that was a, that was a drink worthy comment. <laughs> Yeah, and it's <laughs> scary. We say we want freedom or people want freedom, but when you actually are truly free, the need for authority diminishes. The need for control and policy diminishes because everybody's operating at their own authentic level. And at some point you reach a commonality where everybody's so authentic. They don't want to be nasty. They don't want to be like out there creating chaos deliberately. Like, no, yeah. I want connection. I want to be loved for who I am. Like, but in order to be loved for who you are, you've got to know who you are. And in order to know who you are, you need to know how to trust yourself.
1: Mic drop. Mm. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> it's so funny when you say that, right? Because it all ties back into uh, you see a traditional conservative. They they want control. They they desire the control. Things need to be how they've always been. You know. Then you have the libertarians who are um we need to try new things all the time you know we need to keep trying keep trying new things it's like one is uncomfortable with uh uncomfortable with oddly oddliness the other is um prone to um chaos like just wants the you know the, the the kind of mixy kind of type what what's uh where do you lean on the political spectrum just out of curiosity that's
0: a great question i am slightly more conservative um, yeah, interesting. I, I am more conservative than um, in, 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 in on the political spectrum, Luke. I like think that, mm. that, that, that spectrum changes depending on how far left you go. Yeah. Yeah. So because if you more... go to a communist
1: country, right, in China, conservative is how they are right now. Yeah. Libertarian is, is being more um, uh, democracy based. So it depends on the country. But I mean, let's use America as an example. Cause yeah, totally more, no, yeah, yeah.
0: more conservative. Yeah, I, I see yeah, that okay. structure is an important part. Like, and it's not—it's more respecting the system, respecting structure, as opposed to yeah. wanting to abide by it. So, structure. Oh, base, nice, nice. Right. Yeah. So, knowing that you know, contributing to tax, and um, not that I like tax, but having structure, <laughs> like, like having having systems, like the law, for example. Law is a great one. Um, we're having a legal system that helps protect the innocent to a degree, and that you're guilty, you're, so you're innocent until proven guilty, like that kind of mechanism. And mm. having uh, having a, a court of law where you adjudicate, well, what really happened here? Um, mm. And we both know people that have been through like the, the court system, and and I feel like um, it's really important to expose what's there. But I also think there's missing. There's also elements that are missing. Like there's transparency that's missing you know and then you can pay to keep evidence out of court like settle outside of court when you it would be really important for people to see what was in that case right Mm. Um, or in that discussion so i am more conservative purely because i see there's respect there's respect in systems and structure
1: yeah um yeah it's a tough one because the further you go down right like i don't know if you watch some of the johnny depp amber heard stuff
0: yeah yeah so Basically. like I,
1: yeah, when I when I watched that, like it was just so fascinating to watch. Like I was, um, that was in August. No, no, I was in uh, April last year, I think, April, May. And I watched like almost the whole thing, like the whole court day hearing thing for the whole four weeks or three weeks. it was. I think it was four weeks, then one week off. And I'm just like, wow, like you think you know something, right? You think you know how the legal system works. And of course, like you don't know how the legal system works. I mean, but you have an idea of like, yep, you go to like, court and they judge you and that's what happens it's like no 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 hang on a second there's like um there's uh uh there's counter claims there's claims there's counter counter claims and there's like the rebuttals to those and then there's witnesses and then there's um testing the witnesses for their evidence and then rebuttaling the witnesses it's just this whole whole thing and this is just a defamation lawsuit right totally. think about criminal think about when it's like someone for the for the um the death sentence or something like that. Like there's just,
0: whew, it's fucking and crazy. Then, and then the more money you have, you can delay. So you can actually, you can yeah. see like a small, like a small claim or something that you want to like sue a larger company. They can just yeah. keep you in, in a perpetual loop of delaying, which de- the, it's a, a battle of attrition where whoever has yeah. the most money wins. So there's, there's, yeah. uh, there's an, an imbalance in, in the justice system in that.
1: I find it so strange, you know. Like you go to court and you see, like it's it's the worst. <laughs> well, I don't want to push on onto what I think about it. Well, I am pushing onto it because some people love it, and to a degree, I would. I've always wanted to be a lawyer. Like I love that, that that you know the rigidity of like. No, you said this. No, you said this. Everyone when I was younger said you should be a lawyer, but um, when you think about it, it's like that's the darkest parts of humanity in there. And there's so much like uh, you know, to use a theme before rigidity. It's like. Um, yes, your honor, like, just so like stifled. It's like, where's the (laughs) Jesus, where's the, the release there? Yeah. It's
0: a humanity piece and and I've I've, I've pre-qualified lawyers before. And they're one of the hardest to work with because they they don't, they can't see beyond the rigidity, right? So like, and this, they struggle in relationships a lot because there's, there's lots of high working hours and their brain is hardwired to think logically. So when it comes to the relationship dynamic, they're like, oh, but that doesn't make sense but this and that. So they think that they can argue themselves into relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I was pre-qualifying someone a few weeks ago and she found a guy on, on, online. I oh, know she actually met him in, she met him on the street somewhere. All right. And he said to her that he wasn't interested in having a relationship. Right. And she was smitten with this guy. So again, this is heart and pelvic split. Okay. Mm-hmm. So where the pelvis is telling you, no, this guy's really attractive. This is like, this is, this is the guy and then his heart was closed but her heart's trying to make it work and she was having conversations with this guy saying no like we're good we can make this work we can do this thing you know she's she's the one over invested in the relationship because she's trying to argue herself she thinks she can use that same the same lawyer type skill set <laughs> into persuading someone to be in a relationship with her i'm saying it's not the guy's told you he's not in a ready for a relationship don't waste any energy on him but we can make it work. So I just left her. So I didn't pre-qualify into my program because she just wasn't ready to work with me. So cool. Mm. Maybe you need some more pain and suffering in order to see that this trajectory that you're on to have a kid in your 40s. You need help and I'm the one that can do it, but you don't want my help. You're too smart.
1: And that's what we're talking about before about just letting go, you know, just walking away, being able to say like, hey, this person needs to suffer. Mm-hmm. And some people that hear this be like, what do you mean? Like no one deserves to suffer. We need to relieve everyone of their suffering. It's like, how do you know what's best for someone? Exactly. You know how do you, how do you know what's best for someone? So, but I want to ask on that. That's you brought up something interesting that popped to my mind, which is where does rationality go wrong, if at all? You can no, say no.
0: It does, Luke. It does. Well, okay. Here we go. Where does rational? Where where does where does the rational go wrong? Rationality. Rationality go wrong. Mm. Yeah, it goes wrong when we assume that because it looks rational on paper, that it's correct. it's right. Mm -hmm. It's unquestionable. And this boils down to the sciences. Like I I use science as a really good example because the Uh, type of science. Okay. So you've got mathematics, which is like a really, like it's a, it's a a rigid science. Then you start going down the path of like physics. Yeah. Cool. And quantum physics all over the place, not all over the place, but there's elements of like quantum physics. Like we can't really nail everything down for quantum physics. Then we go into biology and we still have these questions around what what how certain things biologically react. I remember listening to a podcast a while ago when someone says a cascade happens, the cytokine cascade, it's cascade is code, for we don't know what happens, Mm. (laughs) but it happens. Something happens. Yeah. Um, and then you've got psychology, which is another soft science as well. So each science has got you get getting softer and softer and softer. Um, Mm. so when rationale fails is when you start to apply the same brush stroke that you would to mathematics Mm -hmm. to something else that's a little bit more nebulous that we're Mm -hmm. still iterating we still don't really know. Um, and then you have people swear by it. This is the rationale. This is the thing, but really what you're saying is don't tell me how I I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to let go. Don't tell me I, I need to lose control of this because underneath rationale is irrational. And if you're irrational, you're seen as crazy. Mm. Unless it's that craziness is channeled into some kind of creative creative thing, and then you're a mm. genius. So rationale fails where... so rationale fails where irrationality is discounted as just as important.
1: Yeah, well, because there is, there's both. There's a duality that's needed there. And I have a question for you. What if one possesses both those traits, where they're creative, irrational, but also extremely rational?
0: Well, you look at you look at we're both the same, bro. That's we're, <laughs> we're that. You and I are that. We've both got mm. that. No? right? You can, mm. We can lose. We can lose control. We know when we we can lose control. We can consciously do it. Um, yeah. And we're both geniuses so mm. there's an element of neuroticism in geniusness and irrationality in geniuses which which allows for daydreaming right and fantasy mm. and without those things like what's what's the point of being human if you can't be irrational
1: right? mm. so yeah what's the old tale of like the the warp and the woof like you one goes over one holds the other in place one another. And it's like if you zoom into a um, I think there was like a bit of fabric or something like that. You see, you zoom in one level, it's like it's complete order. It's like, everything's all lined up. You zoom in further, it's chaos, order, chaos, order, chaos. Everything exists in one thing. You can't have rationality without irrationality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I think you have like, and I'm obviously, you know, uh, using a, uh, what's the word? Using a broad statement, but people, you know, like Sam Harris, who, to me appear, right? The final word appear, I don't know exactly, appear to be someone who is looking for complete rationality in the face of religiosity, right? Like you need to have rationality as a replacement for the religion of, you know, the ambiguous, and that's what saves us. And that irrationality is what destroys us. You know, a lot of people fall for that, myself included. It's like, everything has to be rational, like the conversation i had down at, at, at wollongong with you and <laughs> you and cassie well i mean more cassie about how you know the science and the 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 science of everything it's like well, where's there room for the mystical or the you know the um yeah the mystical it's like there is no room for it so mm.
0: yeah uh, yeah i love that bro and and speaking to sam harris like i i do see that that there's a level of control that he needs to to be a certain way mm. uh, and it's his brand too like now he's built his whole identity around this and maybe he might do a Neil Strauss and do like a, a kind of like evolution here, but going from, from who he was to who he is now, but his whole brand is built on rationale. And mm. I mean, if you, and I don't know if he's ever had any um, psychedelics or any kind of experience with something that he has to let go. He has, he
1: has yeah. Right. Money.
0: So do you know if it's LSD or shrooms? know what
1: he's had. Um, well, I know that he's done um, like he's done lots of a Like I'm just giving you the smaller ones, the high ones. Yeah. Lots of a lots of I think, cave meditations in darkness. It does mention doing um, uh, psilocybin, I think it was. But again, don't quote me on this. Cool, Let's, all good. Should we research it?
0: Yeah, please check it out. Yeah, yeah. And interesting, you mentioned the bro. I'm going to keep talking while you're looking, looking that up. Yeah, please, please. So the for someone who's a rigid. Vipassana is not good, Vipassana as a, as a technique, because right. so it, 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 Vipassana denies the body of experience mm-hmm. and it's more control. So in a right. Vipassana, you can't get up and scream and shake and carry on, which you might want to. So I see Vipassana is another form of control for someone who uses it for long term, it's not healthy. Like anyone who's, who comes to me, who's either rigid or has a schizoid injury, I don't recommend Vipassana. Can you define they, schizoid injury? Yeah, schizoid sk- oh, schizoid injury is someone who escapes into their mind um to to escape is that, from reality. Yeah, yeah, but you like everyone's got all five types. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you but,
1: go can you go through the five types and tell yeah, us what
0: they sure, are sure, sure, sure. So the five types you've got um this is characterology, right? Characterology. Yeah. yeah Wilhelm yeah, Reich, cool. Alexander Lowen. Um so you've got the five types are orality, uh, schizoid, uh, morality, orality.
1: Orality, oral, yeah.
0: Or oral, O-R-A-L, yeah. Oral, yeah, orality, yeah. Oral, O R A L, oral, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's all, it's also, and you got the um, uh, the masochist or the endurer, mm-hmm. then you have the rigid, and then you have the psychopath. That's four, no? Uh, well, the oral in- intuitive, did I say intuitive?
1: No, you didn't mention intuitive, okay,
0: intuitive. cool. So, there's a the schizoid, the Interesting. schizoid, the intuitive, so yes, yeah. schizoid slash intuitive, yeah, yeah. So, so each one of these defenses has its own body shape pattern. So yeah. that they appear physically, they appear physically first. Um, right. and then they have defensive, defensive relating abilities too. So they have a wow. particular way of how they relate to other people and relate to themselves. Mm. Um, but everyone's got all five. Like when you're born, you have like a, all five. And then as you grow up, each one becomes dominant. And then you might have a secondary dominant, but then, mm. what, what, then how you want to approach into becoming remembering who you are, you deal with the most present defense. Mm. So sometimes rigid, rigidity is the most present defense, and then when that goes, sometimes schizoid will appear, and then you look at that one, and then when schizoid goes, masochism appears, and it mm. goes down down the down the line until you feel the most you, and there's nothing else left. It is you. There's no more defenses. You're so aware of your defenses. It's just just you.
1: Is that individuation at that point?
0: That's individuation.
1: Right. And we can go into what that means. But I wanted to touch on those five types. You said there's a physical and then there's manifestations in your own life. So with the orality, what's Mm -hmm. the physical for that? Can you describe someone who's – and what do you mean by physical? Do you
0: mean their body? Yeah, so orality physically, so their eyes, straight away, their eyes look like they're hungry. Like they want to. Who, who's in our life that's an oral? Okay. Give,
1: give, me, give me a, okay, a celebrity and I can, we'll, we'll show. I'll look them up right okay. now. Okay,
0: uh, let's go.
1: Oral, oral,
0: oral celebrity. Um, I can't think of one. It's cool. No, no, no. Um, who's the guy that did. Um, uh, Walter Schmidty who's the
1: Walter Schmidty overtalker.
0: overtalker? Walter what no no over someone who's an over talker who talks to him. I think it was show host Jordan Peterson Jordan Peterson not really he's he mm-hmm. does have it but not as he's more rigid more rigid schizoid than than orality
1: mm-hmm. um let's let's go to the other ones and he can maybe tell us about those ones afterwards so let's go with masochist and what are their physical? Give me yeah. like a celebrity for that. All right, you know the
0: masochists dude. All right, so you've got um... <laughs> uh, Tim. Who's that comedian? Tim. Chubby people are masochists. So. Oh, right. um, who's a Tim masochist? Minchin? Tim. Not Tim Minchin. He's rigid. Uh, t- mm. uh It's all good, man. No nice stress. <laughs> no, I'm being rigid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> comedian
1: give me who's donald trump
0: What which one's donald trump donald, donald trump is a psychopath um okay with with, <laughs> with masochistic
1: but define that because psychopath is different in this context
0: oh totally so this is old german this is old german technology so old german language right like, so so trumpy trumpy so, so psychopathy appears in him um any i mean any picture of trumpy so so he's, he's masochistic. So he's. You see he's, my screen. That, that's a great. I can see your screen. Yeah. So how it appears is his his body shape is it's actually it's more rectangular, but if you look, look look wider at him, he's got a bit of a belly. So he's got a masochistic psychopathy. So psychopathy needs two two types in order to work. Mm-hmm. So he's got masochism and rigidity. Wow. So what a psychopath does is, um, they've got like a <laughs> great love it. They've got what's known as, um, like a Cobra type energy. And when you step on them, when you get in their way, this thing will come, it'll, it'll lunge at you. It'll be mm. really intimidating. Um, Tony Robbins has this, um, he, he's, he's much more of a, a rigid psychopath, Tony Robbins, like yeah. his body shape is more triangular. Um, he, yeah, he, they have they have similar body shapes. These two. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, it's a very rigid meditation position. Yeah, <laughs> and it's performative. Like rigid's really rigid yeah. performative, right? <laughs> you can tell straight away it's performative, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a performance. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Oh well, that's, holy
1: crap! I did, I did not search for Donald uh Tony Robbins and Donald Trump but here they are together yeah Yeah, so the
0: so the the typical wounding for if I I was working with either two of these guys in a professional setting I would need to build their trust first yeah so someone who has this injury they're looking for betrayal any 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 smell of betrayal they'll like get rid of you so trying to get mm. on either of these guys' good side or being able to, to, to be trusted by them would be an effort. So they would they would continuously test your trust to see if you're trustworthy. And you can see that in Donald Trump's um, entourage, he's always given people the flick. The minute he thinks that they're betraying him, out, out of his, out of his whatever it is, it's there.
1: But is that more a practical thing in the sense of like, you know, hey, like he's just been in that position so many times before because he's a celebrity, right? Doesn't isn't every celebrity going to be
0: like that? Yes and no. So I think if you enter celebrity status, you're going to assume mm. that people only want to love you because you're a celebrity, and this and this like is the, Kanye West. Like Kanye, West, and this is the rigid piece. So because a rigid's don't trust who they are and they don't feel that they're lovable at the core, they believe everybody loves them for what they do for them. Mm. yeah oh you don't love me for who i am you just love me because i'm a musician i'm the president i'm tony robbins i'm this i'm that i'm that you didn't actually love me for who i am because i don't know who i am because i pretended to be something for most of my life
1: oh wow that's huge man that's really huge because a lot of people feel that way you know that's not a rare thing that's not like a um how would you say like uh off the cuff thing a lot of people feel that way like do, do you really love me do you really love me you know they do.
0: And, and, it's a rigid in- and it's a rigid injury mm. So they might not they might not have the body shape of the rigid but mm. it's, a, it's a rigid injury that happens usually in, in the teenage years where the, the the betrayal that occurs in early childhood it can the pattern continues and it really solidifies in the teenage years wow that's huge man yeah
1: yeah. Yeah. I felt that a lot of my, my relationships as well. It's like, do you really love me? Like, is it really me? or Is it something else? You know? So how does one move through that? Like what's the kind of, is there a solution?
0: Yeah, there is. Um, mm. the solution is working with all, John, <laughs> working with me is one. Um, yeah. the other piece is like all, a lot of this technology comes from a modality called core energetics and bioenergetics. Mm. Okay. So people call energetic and bioenergetic practitioners will have this toolkit. They might not be as advanced as me, but they'll still have it. Like I studied mm. under someone who worked with John Parakos, who's like the next in line from so yeah, Wilhelm Reich, Alexander mm. Lowen, John Parakos, and then this guy, my ex-mentor. Yeah, right. So so in that so there's a there's a direct lineage there um from from that, that, those teachings but yeah, the, the, the really boils down to if what I'm saying lands for you is either taking it up with a therapist, or if you want to come and see me, then come and see me and have a conversation. Right. Mm. I think the, 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 thing for a rigid is being able to acknowledge they can't do it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, just too many blind spots, the ego. What is it? It's it's a defense that you're dealing with. It's trying to convince a crab to peel off its own shell.
1: Mm, what are the defenses?
0: So the defenses for a rigid. Oh. <laughs> let's get
1: juicy. It? Go on, dive in.
0: Uh let's see. Um, I've got a list. I've got a list, bro. Like, to straight away, you can uh, share your screen if you like. If you wanted to, are you able uh, to? No, nah, it's all right, bro. So okay. The 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 defenses for a rigid, so they've got internal sayings that they they, they, they might they might carry. Um, tell. Yeah, so like it's called a negative intent. So a rigid will be I won't surrender. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then the illusion, like the, the illusion of their character, is if I if I hold back my heart, it will never be broken again. And if I don't give you my heart, I can still be sexual. Ooh, unpack that, bro.
1: The second piece. The second one. The second one. Yeah,
0: cool. So there's a heart and pelvic split in rigidity, which means that um, at some point, sorry, just cut
1: off there. Can we just define real quick, like just for my own uh, sake as well? Yeah, yeah. what, What specifically you mean by rigidity? What do you mean? Be rigid with it. So uh, <laughs> rigid for me means someone who is needs things to be a certain way; otherwise, they won't feel comfortable. Yep. Is that accurate? Yep. Yep. Perfect. Cool. Yep. Carry on then.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They will Yeah. Yes. They want to control their environment in some way, shape, or form, or they will not control their environment and control themselves. Mm, so they'll, it's they'll also bring them like a containment, like a containment of of, of feeling.
1: Uh, right. Is it almost like they get off on order as well? Like they just, they idly desire the order?
0: They can get off on the order and judging things that are not in order. Yeah, wow. Wow, that is vision of how things should be. Yeah, yeah, it's how it should be. You're wrong. It's a a condemnation because judgment's required. Being human is, 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 judgment is important being human. But it, there's a condemning in it that comes in. It's like you're inherently flawed because you're not perfect. This thing isn't perfect. You did it. Therefore, you're, you're not perfect. Mm. Wow. Does that make sense? So that talk- land?
1: Yeah, made perfect sense. You're talking about the pelvic split?
0: Yes, yeah, so the heart and pelvic split, and this is this is where it gets it it it, it, it starts to tink, tinker into um, a little bit of spirituality, a little bit of um, go for
1: gold. Yeah, cool. Go, right. go for gold, man. Like, um, just so you know, like, there's no audience to attend to, as far as like uh, I need to say it a certain way, so it makes sense. Just like say it how you want to say it, man. Yeah, you know, great.
0: So. so with the heart to pelvic split, there's a there's a a, a, a neurochemical link. Between what yeah. your heart feels and what your sexual desires are, what happens is in the teenage years, usually around when you start hitting into puberty, there can be something that happens with the the caregiver dynamic, where your sexuality is not received, and sometimes mm. it can happen from it can also happen between like a sister or a brother, where there can be, be in an, in an inappropriate cross generational bond with sexuality and love. So what happens is that if, if a, if a parent can healthily deal with their, their child's sexuality and not reject it, because it's natural for a child to become attracted to their parent. And this is, we talking about audible complex type stuff. Ooh. So if a parent can just be with their child's attraction and not make it wrong, then it doesn't reject them for their sexuality. Parents or parent parent it can be both. It can be both. Um, But usually it typically in the heterosexual relationship dynamic, it's the, it's the opposite sex parent. Gotcha. Um, in, in, in this dynamic, so that split, having your sexuality rejected, like loving a parent and then having your sexuality rejected from the same parent. And this is like rejected in like a, it's a, it's a, it's like, you are wrong. You are wrong to be attracted to me in that way, because what's happening is biologically your body, is is new new sensations, new things, new emotions, are com- new ways of being are coming in. They're just looking for someone mm. to help them navigate it. Mm. So when you remove the morality, like this is where conservatism goes wrong, when you remove the morality from the situation and you can objectively look at what's going on, you can hold space for your child to, to reorientate what their attraction is. Yeah, wow.
1: Wow, wow, wow. And speaking to that, man, because that's a controversial, um, well, I mean, specifically the morality stuff, right? Amber, you said to me a few weeks ago, you're like, uh, I, was tack- I was trying to tackle with this, you know, like doing something, I, I did something wrong, like, oh, like oh, I was dishonest or this or that, whatever. You're like, just let go of morality, man. Let go of this morality. It's like, I'm like, what? Like, how? <laughs> you know, it's just a part of it's inbuilt, you know, part of it's like, you know, just empathy and compassion and it's just natural mirror neurons in your brain. But also it's it's actually like a bit of a um it's like those those post development character types that uh obsessed with success. like, I'm the five friends, but it's like the the Jordan Peterson philosopher types who are like, No, no, like this is wrong, this is right. Tell the truth no matter what, like like speak the truth, like rule number three or four, whatever it is. It's like when is where does that go wrong? I know we're going all over the place, but fuck it. I mean, what what is the that a um What's wrong with having morality and where does it go wrong
0: yeah there's actually nothing wrong with having morality where it goes wrong is where you're taking on board somebody else's morality so okay so when you when you are when you trust yourself when you embody who you are Mm. then morality automatically appears it's not something that needs to be applied from a rule set from like the bible or some kind of dogma right nice because when you know yourself enough you can you respect other people like because you 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 the other person is automatically you at some level so the morality just comes in there like if i if i make a mistake or I do something wrong i want to apologize or i want to repair right it's not that i want to take advantage i don't want to take advantage of people or get away with something it's like no this, the, the integrity but your inner integrity doesn't allow you to to to, to try and weasel your way out of it it's like this the whole visceral thing of being in integrity with who you, what your values are so if you don't know what your values are then your morality is already questionable yeah
1: i and think it, to add that as well like it's yeah. the values aren't just this logical kind of um you know a john demartini sheet you fill out. it's like it's in the body as well right
0: in the body as well Luke. it's in the body as yeah, well. yeah 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 yeah
1: because I hear that, man, because I think that when you try and force morality on a situation, you're actually pushing down the natural function of morality. So it's like, who are you really when you're trying to be this moral person? It's like, maybe you are actually that person who's okay, who's um has that natural, like, that's the wrong thing to do. But you're trying to be that person, which makes you less of that person, which then becomes this forceful push to be that person. Totally. So it's, I hear that, man, I hear that. I hear, I hear the rigidity in that.
0: Yeah. And, and rigids are great at it. Like they'll be so mm, performative mm. for their entire lives, but deep down, they just want to be monsters because like, <laughs> like in, in rigidity, like if I was to compare another rigid, like Hitler was a rigid. So yeah, you can tell And right. So he, he, in his childhood, who he was and he, he rigid, a lot of his team were rigid's and what happens is when you get a rigid with a, a belief system that they align with, that, that is aligned with perfection.
1: They're Ooh. ruthless. That's why
0: they did what they did. And the, and the justification morality goes out the window because they, they're self they're so self righteous in their rigidity, nothing can stop them. Mm.
1: So do you believe that that uh, these specific things that are in the shadows, so to speak, in most of the world, um, in most you know. Because you have now, like you have trauma, like, oh, he's got trauma or this or that. And great, awesome. Awareness around all things are great. But do you feel like this is a missing piece? Like this is the next evolution oh, yeah. in, in changing the world?
0: Oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. So I've got, I got yeah, someone wow. that, that I've pre-qualified today, and she's at the end of she, – she can't get any more with her psychotherapist. Yeah, that's yeah. it. She's hit the limit, right? And And I have the tools to take you to that next level because psychotherapists only look at the world from a particular frame right? Mm. I know mm. that there's so much more to an individual than what the DSM is going to tell you or what your parents have told you. And to be unleashed in that space requires you to confront that all of your relationships could change, your whole life situation could change, right? And that's terrifying mm. for a lot of people that aren't ready for it. So they prefer just to stay small, tell me DSM, what am I? Give me the medication, do me the thing, like, whatever it is, keep me small, because when someone's unleashed, it, 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 it impacts all all of the family systems impacts the work system, impacts everything. So there's, there's one person changing impacts the system too. Mm. Doubling back to who's the oral Russell Brand? Russell Brand, uh, is well. a perfect example of an oral. He's an oral schizoid. His dominant is oral. His secondary is schizoid. So you can't yeah, shut well. the up. <laughs> That's an oral, hmm. and we we know orals in our community, right? They just don't yeah, know. Just don't know I can't listen
1: yeah well wow. it's almost like are we living
0: in a rigid world are we living in a world created by rigid people rather mm-hmm. yeah if you want if you want to get shit done get a rigid like so in in the context of business like my mentor said you could divide you could de- you could design a team based on characterology so you could look at someone and go, cool. I know that person's going to be excel at networking. That person's going to excel at getting things done and being perfect around it. that person's the, 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 you want them to handle customer service. You want that person to come up with the ideas and you want that person to lead the team.
1: Yeah. Wow. Huge, huge. So where does the, the five big personality types go wrong in, in uh, line with this characterology?
0: Yeah, I'm not familiar with the personality types um like this this the a, a b c d whatever it is this is like
1: no no so this is um agreeability right ah. so you have agreeability neuroticism yeah. it's all a scale extraversion introvert extroversion, um conscientiousness
0: yeah it doesn't and... include the body interesting doesn't so it's all it's all theory based on behavior and that behaviour could be a defense. It could be a trauma response. Yeah, wow. So at the core of all that, so it doesn't take into account what your body's doing. If you look at Jordan Peterson, like he's, but he doesn't like he's rigid. <laughs> and mm. he's needed he's needed medication in order to move through his depression. Right. And now he's been he's on a carnivore diet. I don't know how, how long that's gonna last for him. but whatever he's tried in order to, to to not look at what's really going on in his body will cost him. Yeah. Wow.
1: So, so would you say you're more, you're more in body work than you are in relationships? No.
0: Ah, good question. Um, I'd say it it was body psychotherapy. So cool. Core energetics and bioenergetics are body psychotherapy. So you combine like a, a, a psychodynamic, which is yep. looking at the, the past, your past experiences create your present and the future, and the body piece. So mm-hmm. what you know what you know of who you are and who you've been is stored mm-hmm. in your body, as well as your mind and your heart and a whole bunch of other things. But yeah.
1: Mm. Perfect. That makes sense. So here's some examples of, um, big five personality tests. So there's, okay. um, openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Yep. Yeah. Right. So it's all based in the mind. It's hmm. all
0: based in the mind. And like people also take on board, like when you are an introvert, Oh, I'm an introvert. Okay. Well, how much of that is a defense? Oh, I'm an extrovert. Okay, cool. How much of that is like, you just pretend to hide yourself from who you really are. Cause someone who's an introvert, I thought well, I've made a post about this a while ago mm. they might be so shy and socially repressed. So they just take on the label. Oh, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm just going to be that instead of owning that. No, there's actually another person inside of that. You actually, everyone's just an ambivert, but just being able Ooh. to own that, that, and usually introverts struggle with creating <laughs> boundaries. Right. Mm. So instead of like being able to speak powerfully to, I don't want that. I do want that. I'm just going to hide. I'm just going to be this person, right? But an extrovert can be so overt in their in their boundaries. It, it it can it can push other people away. But for an extrovert, they can be hiding this part of them that, that they don't want to reveal to anybody else.
1: There's so, a method to do it.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. Totally. It's another method of doing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I read a book quiet by Susan Susan Kane back in 2013. She was a big like introvert person on the scene at the time. And I you know, read the book and I identify as an introvert. I'm like, I'm an introvert, you know, like but I remember just wanting to be an introvert based on what it meant at the time. Yeah, totally. And um, but just speaking to speak into the science of it all, like there is some studies to show that but then again, that is what came first kind of thing, to yeah. show that the this the the area that that brings in stimulation simulation was much smaller in an introverts brain, meaning someone who identifies as an introvert had much smaller capacity for stimuli. I mean, they get, they get overwhelmed much quicker, but then also, right? Here's the, the thing. There's a third nervous system in the body called the social engagement system. Have you heard that before?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, there's like the parasympathetic, there's a the sympathetic, then there's a the social engagement system and those who have social anxiety, or who have a hard time communicating and speaking and and connecting with people will often have a understimulated or dysregulated social engagement system, right? Now, why this happens, I don't remember the why, but I know based on that characteristic, or I have a, a hunch, an idea that when I was younger, I had a very low social engagement system because I had really bad social anxiety. I remember walking through school and just feeling, how are you for time? By the way, you okay?
0: Yeah, I've got like a minute to go.
1: A minute. Okay, cool. Let's
0: wrap it up, man. Cool. Oh, I'd love to touch more into that too, bro. I think there's something in the anxiety piece. What nature nurture? Yeah. Yeah. In, in sure. That, that, that whole piece. I'd love to come back and have that comment unstitch more of that. Cause I think it's really important for people to hear like what's, what's really you and what have you created as you in order to feel safe and validated in the world.
1: I love that. Let's save that one for next time. Where can people find you, John? Where should they go? <laughs>
0: Yeah, johnkaiherbert.com.au, track me down on Facebook, track me down on Instagram, Google me, you will find me. John Kai Herbert is a -a one-of-a-kind name. Just like my services, they're (laughs) one-of-a-kind.
1: Oh, nice. I love it. Cool, man. I'll uh, wrap this up now and we'll we'll cut this bad boy up as well. And Awesome to have you on, bro. Thanks for coming on. Bye-bye.